New Zealand-based home renovation company, 6,593% ROAS. Sydney-based solar company, 2,700% ROAS. Hunter region-based bathroom renovation company, 5,616% ROAS. Melbourne-based building company, 13,182% return on ad spend. Adelaide-based solar company, 2,881% return on ad spend. Guys, the list goes on and on. If you are a trade-based business and you work with projects like roofing, solar, bathroom renovations, kitchen renovations, anything like that, head across to tradey.wiki forward slash pod for podcast. Tradey.wiki forward slash pod for podcast. Book in a conversation. It is game changing. Today's podcast has been proudly brought to you by Tradey Web Guys. Tradey Web Guys work with tradespeople only on their websites and marketing solutions to help them stand out from their competition. Everything from web design through to SEO, search engine marketing, content creation, you name it, guys. It is a customized solution for trade-based organizations, and it's fantastic. Head across to tradywebguys.com.au forward slash apply, fill in the form, and let's have a conversation. Giving tradies and contractors around the globe the tools to run a modern business. You're listening to Toolbox Talks from the Site Shed. Now here's your host, Matt Jones. Craig, welcome back to the Site Shed podcast. Good to be back. This is the um, second conversation that we have had. Uh, we haven't even named this series. What do you reckon we call it? Oh, it's a great, great <laughs> idea. Put it uh, on the spot. Yeah, I was about to say. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, gee whiz. I'd like to call it something about profit first, but in truth, it's sort of a bit bigger than that, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Uh, and it probably, uh, it probably gets gets rounded up with with the final final one that we'll do is you know it's a, a, around the, the yeah well at least the the show might need to just rename some of them but uh, it's the, the profit <laughs> and the people plan anyway the point is yeah, Craig's we'll, we'll work Craig, on it <laughs> Craig's here to talk about money and finance essentially but um in the first episode guys we were talking about money mindset and money archetypes and uh for you guys that did not listen to that go back and check it out and the reason I say that is because a lot of what we're talking about here is understanding where your strengths and weaknesses lie within business and specifically in these conversations um, on the financial side of your business. And I know many of you guys out there are, are familiar with personality profiling, disc profiling, blah, 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 that kind of stuff. But probably very few of you are familiar with um, like the money archetype. Um, profiling exercises very important for business very important for personal life um, again there's no right or wrong with these things it's just about giving you a better understanding of you know what your strengths and weaknesses are when it comes to um, the way you relate with money so go check that episode out uh, in this episode we're going to be talking about profit first optimization and we're going to be talking a lot about the cash flow forecasting side of the profit first system now for you guys that are not familiar with profit first Profit First is a book. You can say the name of the guy that wrote it because I'm going to screw it up again. McCallowitz. <laughs> Mike McCallowitz. Amazing book. Um, I spoke about it in the last episode, so I'm not going to go back into it too much now. Uh, we also did do a podcast on Profit First back in 270. Uh, but anyway, you guys can go check that out yourselves. If you're not familiar with Profit First, I thoroughly encourage you to look into it. We'll probably dive a little bit more into this, Craig, in this episode, I suppose. But 
essentially go read the book, okay? Because it will, uh, it's an absolute game changer. It was certainly was for me. Certainly has been for me and and um and, and my businesses. And it's I'm certainly glad that I um connected with that mindset and, and brought it on board. And then went and found Craig to help me implement. So following on from this episode, we're going to talk a little bit about how to use um, this same sort of mindset on the people side of your business in related in relation to um, you know recruitment, re- retention, and planning, strategizing, you know, making sure you've got cash allocations for the next staff, team member, contractor, whatever it might be. So, Craig, thanks so much for joining us. Really appreciate you coming in. Um, you're from the healthybusinesslab.com. So it's the healthybusinesslab.com. Um, guys, all these links and stuff are going to be in the show notes. Head across to the siteshed.com and just type in Craig and you'll it'll bring up one of these podcasts and you can go get access to all of these. And on on his website, you'll also get access to some of these quizzes so you can go figure out what your money archetype is. Um, there'll be a whole bunch of resources and things like that which you, which can um, which you can go dive into. So thanks for joining us again, mate. Yeah, no, it's good to to be here and talking through some, some great things that have helped us help help our clients of ours as well. To ultimately, at the end of the day, we just want to optimize people' businesses because there's so many good businesses out there sure. um, that have done so good and they've got you know some great bones of businesses around there. But how can we sort of leverage them and, and sort of take things to the next level? Which for me, this is uh, part of that that next part of that profit first side of things that I know that you've been a, a great um, supporter and champion of in, you know, having Katie on your show as well and also many of the conversations that we've had as well. So to be able to go, well, what's what's the next layer and step for, for people that are out there that are either not implementing yet or ha- are already implementing, how do they actually now take this to to the, to the next level to, to really get it humming along it's um it's always exciting to to be delving into that well i really encourage you guys out there like first of all go down go buy the book or download the book and listen to it or whatever if you like what's being spoken about then go and implement it and either try and figure it out yourself or go speak to someone like craig or katie that can help you implement it because that's you know there are that's what that's what they do. I mean, for my for me, it was a no-brainer. I knew that it was going to take me 10 times longer to try and figure it out myself. And I'm extremely impatient. So I just said, no, I'm willing to pay Craig to come and do it for me. I'm glad I did because he's fast-tracked it. If that's not you, then fine, go figure it out yourself. It doesn't really matter how you do it, just freaking well do it. Right. So like information's not power, it's the implementation of that information that's that's power. So just go get it done, you know. I can't I couldn't agree more. Uh 100 percent people can implement, get it done. Um and and it, you'll be better off than where you were when you didn't do it. One hundred percent, absolutely. Yeah. So, all right. What are we? So, what are we talking about here today, Craig? With this profit first optimization? Yeah, I think it's uh, what you just sort of touched upon uh, and alluded there. It's well, people out there implementing profit first. Uh, at the end of the day, they've they've set up a, a system of profit first, which is a multiple bank account system to be able to manage your cash flow within your business and, you know, within ProfitFirst where you're generally talking about five sort of core accounts, but, you know, with the many different implementations, again, ProfitFirst is a great framework and a model and a methodology which helps people start to think more behaviourally about their money and then put things in place to help support that, to help them with their financial decision-making. And what ProfitFirst does great is it helps people in the here and now. It's that part of their going. Once people start to 
understand it and they've read the book and they're like, they're starting to implement, they're opening up a few of the bank accounts. They're starting to see, well, actually, I do have more clarity. It is actually more simple of me understanding my finances, mm. even though I've got more bank accounts. And usually what happens when people first implement it, it's that it's kind of twofold. The first thing is I tend to find is that people, we put money aside for tax and government obligations. I generally tend to call them. It's the, the, the general tax, the GST, any superannuation and these sorts of things. You know, we're having to pay, uh, pay the ATO all the super funds, these amounts on a quarterly or monthly basis. And then either have a separate bank account where we've got money aside going into those. And anytime I get one of those notices, I can pay that off. Proverb First has that great ability to go, awesome, cool. I feel safe. I feel secure. I've got money put aside for those things. So I don't have the stress of that hanging over me. So therefore, I can now focus on the other cool things I need to do in my business. So that's one of the, the first things we see with Profit First. The other part is also that notion of seeing the profit, you know, or what it's all based upon build on. It's like, well, taking profit and seeing it clearly, okay, I'm getting the reward for all those late nights, the hard work, all the time, money, energy that I've invested in creating this, this awesome business, that I am getting a return on that. Same as if I invest with, you know, if I spend time investing in shares and big corporations and all the rest of it, I want to get a return on that. So we should be doing the same with our business. And so they're the first two things we generally get from Profit First, which generally helps us in the here and now. But what I found as I implemented Profit First myself and with, with countless business owners was that people would start to feel that safety, that security and going, awesome, good. I, I feel as though I understand my financials more than I ever have before. And that's without having to go in and look at my profit and loss and, and be in, in my zero account and the like. But then the question would always be, but what next? So can I put a new staff member on? What happens if? What happens if I spend this money over here? What happens if? What happens if there's happens? a pandemic? Uh, 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 that really brought the microscope in yeah. on it, 100%, but it was happening before then. So I've been implementing Profit First with clients for you know four or five years now, and, and it was 100% from day one. But yes, you know, all, all the pandemic's done is put a big microscope on things and fast track a lot of things mm-hmm. where people needed to know those things here and now and for what was going to happen tomorrow or next week. Uh, you know, what if I make this decision here and, here and now? Whereas though before the pandemic, I was sitting there talking about, yeah, what are we going to do in, in a month's time, two months' time, three months' time? When the pandemic hit, I was, we'll, we'll get to it a little bit more, but we created a cash flow tool for profit first that we were in that tool daily with clients because the, the goalposts would change mm-hmm. sometimes hourly when all the different things were, were happening. And so, therefore, being able to then paint that picture of the what ifs, what about, what can I do, what can't I do, what's the implications, what's the impact that that might have, for me is really the, the next step and the next layer for, in fairness, any financial production and any you know business owner that wants to grow or wants their business to achieve something whatever that is for them is knowing well if i do this with my best guess at this point in time because nobody has the crystal ball but based upon these assumptions that i'm going to make if i do this how much money will i have in a bank account and in a profit first thought how much money will i have in any of the bank accounts and so now i can start to say awesome in my tax account 
when I get to year end and when I've got to pay that tax bill, awesome. I've, I can see I'm going to have that enough money that's in there based upon, you know, the percentage allocations that I'm putting across my different accounts. Sure. If I want to be recruiting, do I have a staff bank account or a growth account or whatever it is that I can then build up to a certain amount to put that money aside for that? Or if I've got this opportunity to reason, well, how much is it going to cost me? When am I going to need to pay that cash out? Which bucket of money does that come out of? It comes out of my operating expenses. Awesome. If I do go do that, what's the impact? Well, what does my return on investment need to be? So all these things start to help business owners talk through and work through what what a traditional accountant, and I'll put in inverted commas here, traditional accountant will try to help people with if they do go down this level, um, but they'll try to do it by looking at five different financial reports. But we're in a position where we can sort of do some of these forecasts by just looking at what our bank accounts, accounts say. And it really, and the other thing, it really dealt with our pricing of our services or our product as well of saying, well, what's the return I need to get in on that for a future state? Well, if I'm going to get that money in, well, I know some of it's going to my profit account. I know some is going inside for the tax. So therefore, I need to get this X amount of return on investment. Otherwise, I can't continue on. And being able to show that in black and white numbers mm-hmm. and in numbers that can be very relatable for a business owner being, what does that bank account look like in one month's time, three months' time, 12 months' time if I do this and if I get this amount of revenue in. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, that's where I believe the, the next sort of level of evolution in a profit-first implementation sort of starts to go to that. Yeah, and I agree. I mean, I agree with that. If you guys out there that have read the book or you hopefully will go now read the book anyway, as Craig alluded to, essentially what it does is help you set up a number of different buckets for your business, which are bank accounts, which you can you know, have different money allocations put in different accounts for different things. So it might be materials, equipment, it might be, you know, staff or contractors or whatever it is, right? Tax, big one. And obviously your owners pay the profit, which is the main thing, like making sure that you're putting money into profit. And in truth, you could probably go and set up a spreadsheet and do that on your own. But what Craig's talking about, which gets a little bit more complex, is where the whole forecasting side of it comes into play. And like the how to optimize what you that that asset which you've currently got to predict, you know, through a glass ball what you mean might be happening in two, four, six, twelve, twenty-four months down the track. So the tools that um have like I've that I've seen, because I have set up for myself, are quite are quite helpful in understanding, okay, well, if we keep on track this way, you know, within six months we're going to be here, which means we'll have this much in this account and blah, 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 blah. Uh, alternatively, if we add you know, there's 5% margin to our, you know, to our sales, for example, then this is where we'll be at. And it sort of just brings a lot of that in a, a lot of clarity into that side of the business, which is something that I never had before. I was kind of just guessing it until I had a detailed understanding. The pros of that, I find, are it's quite rewarding when you look, when you can look at something like that and go, oh, all I've got to do is this to have that. Like it really, where you kind of break that bigger picture number down into little actionable goals oh you mean i've only got to sell two more jobs a week for to have this like bang it could be a million bucks like you just it really makes it a lot it's it's kind of a satisfying rewarding observation when you realize that you don't actually need to be doing these like sometimes we think these big picture goals are like 
just such a huge amount of work when the reality is they're just little, they're little positive habits and actions that you do consistently, which result to this, you know, that, that lead up to this big, you know, this big goal, which is, I think, quite quite a um, revelation. Yeah. Uh, you spot on the mark there, Matt, and it's that what I've found and, and it's what you're alluding to there, it's, it just makes it far more tangible. Uh, you, you can sit there and you can go and you, you touch upon the owner's pay bank account that we we set up and we put aside and that notion at the end of the day what do we all get into business for at the end of the day we want to be able to you know earn certain amount of money and achieve certain things have certain impact whatever it may be but at the end of the day we need a certain amount of dollars in our pocket to be able to do whatever that is Mm. and to be able to see a separate bank account that says well i'm currently paying myself x amount of dollars and the tangible part of if i bring x amount of revenue on and with my current resources then Okay, cool. That's going to bring more money into my bank account for my owner's pay. Therefore, I can incrementally increase how much I'm paying myself sustainably. Mm-hmm. And even to the point of working backwards, well, let's reverse engineer things. Well, at the end of the day, what do I need to, you know, many business owners, they often say, I want to have $100,000 or $200,000 cash in the bank from my, my pay that I get. Well, awesome. If I've got that's my target and my goal, and I'm not actually paying myself that amount yet. Well, number one, by looking at our percentages and the four projections, it can also be, well, what's the total revenue of the business need to be? Quite often, we don't, we either underestimate or we overestimate what does our revenue need to be because we don't factor in all those other parts that we've talked about. It's the staff, it's the resources, it's the tax, it's all those sorts of things. But it's knowing, well, depending on what the structure of your business is to earn the $100,000 cash, $200,000 cash, I might have to have a half million dollar business, a $1 million business, whatever it needs to be. Now I can more clearly see what my targets are and therefore what's the incremental steps that I need to make to be able to get there, which uh, as you say, you can often see that it doesn't need to be this big drastic change that we need to do. It's just that continual what I like, I don't know if I use the word optimization. It's the continual tweaking, continually optimizing and just working on the little things. And that's why I probably first, it's that I can help do it from a behavioral sense of, of the one percenties. And, yeah. you know, you've seen it yourself. It's the, the, the couple of one percenties here and there that mm-hmm. over time it just compounds and, and the time value of that compounding. I mean, the beauty, the beauty of having your own business and running your own business is that we don't have to. Have a salary cap, and like having having a framework like this in place can really help communicate that. Like, if you want to make more money, for, this is a framework, this is a game plan to help you do it, right? Like, you can't just go and say, "Well, you know what? I want to pay myself more, so I'm just not going to pay tax next month." Like, it doesn't work. Like, you've got to do it the right way. Trust me, I've been and done that. <laughs> I was, I had tax bills I had to pay off for years when I got started in business because I had no idea about money. But like, the the point being. They're running your own business is rewarding. And I had this conversation last night with a mate of mine at the gym because he was saying, oh, man, like, stuff that. I don't know how you guys run businesses. Like, I just show up to work and I do my thing. And I'm like, yeah, but you'll never – you can't give yourself a pay rise. And he's like, yeah, that's true. But, like, I make good money. I'm like, okay, man, whatever. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like as business owners, like, you know, we have the ability. If we want to make more money, we can make more money. And we can – but you've got to do it the right way. And there's yeah. – you know, you can't just go – like it's irresponsible as a business owner, and especially when you get to the point where you've got people that are dependent on you, be that family or be that staff, you know, you've got to do things the right way. 
And so there are tools out there that can help you do this. And this is without a doubt, probably the best one that I've ever seen when it comes to managing your finances. And so some of those things that you, you, you can optimize and you can forecast, obviously, like Craig alluded to, first and foremost, understanding what sort of funds you're allocating into what sort of accounts. So that's done on, on a percentage value, which is specific to your business. And this is where it kind of gets tricky. Like you can go read the book and you can run off percentages in the book, but in truth, it doesn't always correlate. And it certainly didn't for me. And so, you know, Craig had to sort of customize that to suit my business, which was very powerful. And since he did that, it made a lot more sense. But then beyond that, you can kind of look forward and say, okay, well, you know, we're predicting this much growth in the business. That's great. Like at what point, and this is something that we're going to, you know, Craig and I are going to be working on next is, well, like we've got these, you know, uh, recruitment schedules and stuff within the business now, which, we de- which we've been developing, which tells us what positions we need to hire for next. But the, the thing we're, what I've got to figure out at the moment is, well, at what point can the business actually afford it? And so, you know, these are the things that you need to get some clarity around within your own organizations. Like there's no point, it's all good sometimes saying, oh, you know, I want to get off the tools or I want to get my, my goal for the next year is to hire a new, you know, plumber or hire a new Sparky or whatever it is or get another truck on the road, blah, blah, blah. That's great. But you've got to get a really defined understanding of what that actually looks like from a financial perspective or you're going to shoot yourself in the foot. And there is... There are sometimes just these small things that get, well, in most cases, there are these small things that get missed, which can really, you know, be a defining moment in that being a shit decision for your business. So, yeah, yeah, it all comes down to those those fine margins. And again, as you've alluded to many times, Matt, it's that understanding the data in a way that works for you um, makes all the difference because you can come back to that and go, okay, cool. Here's what I believe is going to happen and here's why I feel comfortable bringing on that plumber and the sparkier, whoever it is, here's the assumptions I made. I can put those assumptions into a forecast of, okay, well, here's when they're going to come on, here's where they're going to be making the money, here's what the, the rate's going to be, here's the extra truck I need on the road to be able to do that. And factoring all those things in, then you're able to say, okay, cool, is it sustainable for me to do that? Or it may make you rethink, well, actually, how – is my pricing right? Because I can't actually sustain that at the moment. What do you need if I'm going to have a bigger team? Therefore, I've got a few more overheads. So what's the infrastructure I need around to support this? Are my margins right? And these are all those things that then start to, you know, play into that mix of, yes, as your business gets bigger, you do need more infrastructure. And so therefore, from those percentage terms, you know, we are putting a little bit more money aside to cover the infrastructure as business gets bigger. But as the business grows and as business owners, we're moving out of the doing and into the more of the strategic piece and, you know, a lot of the systems and the process and the stuff that that you're great at, Matt, when you're getting to that level like you are, are, it's that part of, well, business is growing. How do you then position that to then go, well, how does that relate down to all these different buckets that I'm going to have have to support that growth. And as you continually say, it's the, the two pieces around the, the optimization and what's sustainable. And, you know, you need to know those numbers and you need to get a comfort level or confidence. Otherwise, it is. Otherwise, you're gambling at the end of the day. Mm. Um, it's the same as me going down to uh, the racetrack or, or the Kino and just throwing a thing because you're like, oh, that number came up last time. So I'm going to go that number this time. And that's, yeah. that's literally what people do do with their businesses, but they think it's different because they think, now, I know what I'm doing, but they're not grounding it in, okay, cool, I know my bank account is going to be, 
if I hit the consistent revenue that I'm hitting and we keep on getting the, the amount of money in that we've been getting, okay, cool. Here's what the numbers need to be and the numbers, you know, need to back that up. Otherwise, you are literally just guessing and you're guessing and hoping, which if you're wanting to design a business and design a lifestyle, which is what a lot of us get into business, it's a certain type of lifestyle that we're wanting as a business owner. Um, and it's the, it's the friend that has to ask the boss for a pay rise or ask the boss if they can have a day off and all the rest of it. We're designing a lifestyle where we get to choose all those things. So therefore we should also choose what are the things and what are the numbers you need to be for us to be able to achieve whatever that lifestyle is. I want to as well, Craig, while we're talking about like on the topic of forecasting, like address the difference between like budgeting and forecasting. Because I feel like for a lot of like people out there that might be watching this, they'd be like, oh, well, we already, we already have a budget. My accountant does it. But the problem is I found with budgeting and I find with budgeting is that budgeting kind of speaks to the now and it doesn't really take into consideration, you know, looking forward, all of like these things that you've got sitting in your forecasted pipeline and, you know, in terms of things that are happening within the business, you know, so on and so forth. And so I've always had a bit of an issue with budgeting because I feel like it's sort of, it's the after. It's, I mean, even though it's not, it's really, you've been to be budgeting for the future. I always find like it's kind of based on, like, it's not like a, it's not a real accurate like picture of like what you're actually what you actually have from a strategic level. You're writing something down, so I feel like I'm yeah. head. <laughs> Either you're taking notes or you're writing, or you're about yeah, to drop a gold nugget on us. Yeah, I love it. Uh, I love it because it's something that I've been working through conceptually a bit myself. So my background is the core things I used to do is create budgets for. $100 million businesses at the end of the day. And, and that was the core of what my, my background was. You probably won't and, be a lot of our listeners then. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, and, you know, I spent years doing doing budgets. And, again, you have similar commentary to some of the things that you, you've sort of touched upon there. And even now, you know, when I first started doing Profit First, I went – fully away from that world of budgeting because it was, yeah, I can do profit first, I can do forecasting and I can I can manage my business without looking at zero. I was literally for, for a bunch of time there not looking at zero apart from do a quick little reconciliation, but I was just living in my cash flow forecast sheet and tool and, and the like. But there's also been an evolution in some of my thinking and, you know, we do budgeting with, with clients as well but they, they they are separate they are two different things they do work independently but they are very much correlated and it's a bit of a, a fine point and i guess the, it's the nuances of language but the reality is budget in small business world is number one i first came out and started you know thing I, I did a budget and i think i was one of three people i knew that did a budget in small business at the time you know like Nobody does budgets and it's clear. I think there's a bit of a negative connotation with the word budget in as much as it does have this idea that it's a stale, it's something I put in and it's quite often a process that many business owners haven't been involved in. It's a hundred percent what you just said there before. It's my accountants give me a budget and therefore it's a budget that sits on a tool that's meaningless to me. They're trying to get me to look at a profit moss report over here and they put numbers in. I have no idea where the numbers come from. And so they haven't been involved in the process. And so that's where 
for me, you can call it whatever you like. For me, I still sort of use the budget word, but it's more about having the having having a profit plan. It's a profitable plan. And the thing with a budget is in small business, it can be movable or changeable. And a lot of time people think of a budget, it's oh, it's a 12-month thing. We're putting in the start of the financial year and and it doesn't change. So you can have that type of a budget, but a forecast 100% is like you just sort of said, it is more the we're, we're, we're in it more day-to-day. Yeah, it's far more agile and the like. But mm. I guess this is where a well-run budget process that involves your business owner is a brilliant process because it actually does get people thinking past the six months, past the 12 months, past the 18 months, which in reality, that's one of the hardest things for a small business. You start, you get so caught in the doing in the business so much, it can be really hard to drag yourself out of that and think past the next sale I need to get in next week. The What's your six-month look like? What's your 12-month look like? But the reality is the business that truly succeeds is where the business owners are thinking the 12, 18 months, two years down the track to hit the goals and targets and aims that they're trying to achieve, but then breaking them back down into the smaller steps. So a well-run budget-setting process can have a whole lot of value, but they need to be – but that's what I talk about these days. It's very much – they're going hand-in-hand. Hand. So we're, we're talking about the budgets there. That we, we did set these goals. But if your business changes tomorrow and, you know, we've similar conversations we've had in the in the past that, okay, cool, we're going to be doing um, a bit of a tweak, a bit of a change in the business. And it's like, okay, well, that budget really no longer applies. So let's update or change that budget based upon – you know, what, what, what's the new direction of the business? And that's the part with, I think, traditional budgeting. That's kind of the set and forget notion and idea <laughs> of that. Um, because again, what gets measured, you know, is what actually ends up happening. I've gotten a, a nice little quote yeah, there. What, uh, what, what gets measured gets managed or, you know, what gets uh, managed gets measured. Well, the other way around, yeah. <laughs> I knew I had that wrong somehow. Um, and that's why our budget is good. And, and to myself, you know, uh, I've gone back to, to doing a budget and I know it's made me far more focused on certain things. Still in my cash flow forecast. And then we hit to a point where our business changed, you know, over the last p- couple of months with my wife coming into the business and we've got new offerings. So it's like, well, that budget doesn't apply anymore. And what our projections are telling us, because there's actually <clears throat> quite a bit of difference between what we did put in for a budget and what our forecast now is, then it's like, hang on a second, that budget needs to be updated. Mm. Um, and, you know, aligning – and the other – the secondary part of that is very much with Profit First as well. to make sure that they align. At the end of the day, uh, you know, we're going to have certain target percentages that we're going to have from a Profit First-related business. So, therefore, there's no point having a budget that sits over here that tells me I'm going to have a profit that says this, but it doesn't – match what my profit percentage that we're going to be putting the cash aside for. And so the way we budget for a profit first business for me is different to the way I budget for a normal business. But again, mm. I don't work with those other people that don't do profit first these days. So I don't have to worry about worry about that. But and we very much create like a cash budget sure. um, to be able to do that. So it's just for me it is they're, they're similar. There is a difference. But again it is still all Having a look at what's the what is the future projection and what is the plan, mm-hmm. so it's kind of a few different terms there. It's sort of just tweaking um, how we think about it, which again, from a profit first point of view, it's very behavioural approach. So if budget doesn't work for people, 
then let's use what's the plan, what's the yeah. whatever, and let's put some numbers around that plan and put those numbers into a hero so you can at least go, oh, yeah, did we hit that? Can I be driven mm. um, to be able to do that? And that's something I think for you guys out there, if that does relate to I mean, that was my situation. I, you know, I had the budget stuff set up in zero and I just, <clears throat> in truth, it was so... It was so stagnant in the sense that you just set it and forget it and you never revisit it and it never worked for me um, because it was sort of more of a wish than an actual strategy whereas I find with the, the cash flow forecasting I don't even I don't even in truth have a budget anymore I don't bother looking at it I, I mean I'm sure it's probably sitting there much to my accountant's dismay but the the cash flow forecast is so much more valuable to me because I'm in it all the time it's constantly being as Craig says, optimize, which essentially means it's being updated. You're always in there. You're always updating it. Well, you should be. I'm, uh, <laughs> we're not going to go into that. But uh, um, <laughs> it, it just brings things it, like, you know, front and center for you and it casts a lot more, a lot better perspective as to what those outputs are going to look like at a given point in time, one month, two months, four months, six months, 12 months, whatever down the track, based on actual numbers and actual you know, targets that you're trying to hit within the business in terms of sales or cash flow generation or team team members, blah, 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 whatever it might be, right? So if that does relate to you guys, then I encourage you to go check out cash flow forecasting because it's, in my opinion, it's far more, it was far more valuable for me. Um, but like Craig says, maybe I'll really come to a point where I'm like, okay, well, you know, now I know enough about this that I can actually create a budget that's actually useful. So- yeah, 100%. And it is very much, and that's what I'd say, the process for me is 100%. Get prop first, get up, get the bank accounts working for you. That simplifies mm-hmm. your finances. The next step is start doing your forecasting. For me, that's the next step. Get that down pat, get really comfortable with that, seeing where that is. And then the next layer on that is cool. If you want to then go to the next level, the next layer of it, it is the budgeting. It is the, the forecast and marrying the two of those, which again, can very much be Two parts, it can be the stage of business or it can be the size of business as well. Um, so they're two things that can impact the timing of when you might want to, to, to look at each of those kind of three stages. Because if you're wanting to starting to give staff responsibility for certain aspects of the finances and the measurements and the metrics and those sorts of things, and you want to make them tangible by tying them back to dollars and the like, then that becomes a layer where budgets can be useful because, again, you can use certain parts to show certain parts of budgets and the like where you might not be at a stage where you want your staff to be seeing the actual physical cash. We've got some people that are happy for them to see what certain bank accounts are sitting at and going, hey, you can operate with certain bank accounts. And, again, it's a, a way that you can then start to bring in team. On that note, I suppose we're going to come back with a final episode and we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about team. Um, we're going to yeah. talk about how to create a people plan um, and I suppose importantly, you know, understanding this whole conversation around uh, cash flow forecasting is really important before we have that conversation around people plan. So if you guys have watched this, that's great. Stay tuned for the next one because it's certainly going to come full circle when we start talking about, you know, the power of creating a profit and people plan using that profit first framework. So um, are you happy to wrap this one up, Greg? Yeah, for sure. I think you, you've hit the nail on the head where we've talked about today and on our previous chat, the, um, a couple of the, some of the tools that we use. And then it is wrapping it up into, into the bigger picture side of things as well.
Awesome. Guys, if you want to get hold of Craig, his website's thehealthybusinesslab.com. That's thehealthybusinesslab.com. Um, again, all these links and stuff will be in the show notes. So you can head across there, just head across to the sideshow.com, type in Craig, and you'll be able to find his all of his podcasts. He's also in the Facebook groups. So if you've got any questions, um, when you see this come through, you can you can ask in there. Um, I imagine that um, a few of you will have questions, and it's always a good uh, good place to have those conversations because you'll get some feedback from um, multiple levels of um, experience for people that have used it. So, uh, if you're not in that Facebook group, head across to um, head across to Facebook and search the Site Shed, like the page, join the group, and um, you can be part of the conversations in there. Craig, let's wrap this one up. We're going to come back with the third and final episode, and uh, we will go from there. Thank you. That's a wrap. Thank you for listening to another episode of Toolbox Talks. If you're liking what you hear, then you can head across to the siteshed.com where you can join our community by signing up to our Toolbox Talks. Uh, you'll get sent a weekly notification, which is basically a highlight of everything that we've spoken about during that week, along with any other industry news that may be relevant or specific to the trades. If you're enjoying the show, you can head across to iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud where you can leave us a review. Uh, That would be fantastic, and all the reviews get read out in the show. Uh, Likewise, if you have any friends or colleagues that you think would benefit from the show and the, the episodes that we create, then please go ahead and share it with them. Thanks for tuning in, guys. I hope you enjoyed that podcast. Please, if you did, head across to iTunes and leave us a review. We would very much appreciate that. Anyway, if you are a project-based trade business and you work in solar or bathroom renovations or kitchen renovations or roofing or something along those lines, and you would like to see some of the results that we've been showcasing in our marketing on for your business, thousands of percent return on ad spend, 2,000, 3,000, 5,000, 7,000, 13,000 percent return on ad spend, please head across to tradey.wiki forward slash pod for podcast. That's tradey.wiki forward slash pod for podcast. It will be well worth the conversation and I can't wait to chat with you. Ciao.